Waypoints is a podcast for mature audiences. Content warnings can be found in the description. talk about their journey. My name is Lucas. I am joined today by Colin. Go ahead and introduce yourself, buddy. Hey, I'm Colin. Um, I am very uh, aware of success and failure. Um, <laughs> I am intimate with both. Yeah, no, I, I know them well. Um, I feel like I've lived many lives and I feel like I've been many people. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that. I mean that's the gist of it, really. Is... <laughs> yeah, you, you've you've had you've worn a you've worn many hats. Um, as long as I've known you, you've in just a few sh- short years that I've known you, you've already done a lot of things, and you already did a lot before I even met you. So why don't you go ahead and give me just like a a quick synopsis in the life of Sharky? Actually, you know what? Side note: I think it's Shark Week this week. Is it really? Yeah, as we oh, record man, this, I'm, I'm wearing a, a shark. I actually, I wore this for you today. <laughs> it, it's, it's sharks. It is it's sharks. sharks, and they're all swimming in different like formations. Yeah, that's fun. I, I've, 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 that makes so much sense. I, I probably watched too much bullshit on the internet, and I've seen a lot of shark shit this week. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> what's your story? What's your, what's your, what's oh your story? man, um, I got a. I mean, as you know, I have a huge background in music, and um, that was the that was the first kind of timeline of my, I guess, success or failure, um, which it was both. Um, I, I mean, I was in metal bands all throughout, uh, high school going into my early twenties. And that was, that was a huge journey of figuring the fuck out who I was and, uh, trusting my own gut and probably listening to way too many people that were wrong. Um, (laughs) they were always wrong. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I've, I've seen a lot. I, I've. We were, it was, I mean, as I'm sure a lot of people know, if they're aware of metal, it's for the most part when you're getting going, it's very DIY, as most genres are. But yeah, it's metal's a whole different breed. It's um, a pretty, pretty metal. Very metal. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we did everything ourselves. We, 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 we hauled ass, and I hauled ass. I. Every time we had a, I don't know. Every time we had a show. Every time we put out a new song. I, in the days of AIM, if you will, or, oh. or Facebook Messenger, that was, it was between the two at the time. I had both, you know, it was, it was kind of nice. Anyway, but I would, I would just look at my friends list, write a message and copy and paste and then personalize it to over 200 people. To say like, we're, we're playing, we're like, playing come to our show. Whether, we're... yeah. Whether we were playing a show, whether we were releasing a song whether we dropped a line of merch, anything, or if somebody just, or if we were like, we grew our fan base. We were, we were not, we were a local band, but we, well, you're on Spotify, right? We are on Spotify. Um, we, we, uh, we, uh, the smart thing we did was right when we started, uh, thankfully for the Midwest, whether you live in one state or the other, usually your music scenes kind of mix. So like, mm-hmm. uh, 
we played a lot of show. We played just as many shows our first our first couple of years as a local band in uh, Illinois as we did in Milwaukee and, and Indiana. Okay. So we spread like wildfire very quickly. I think within our first like two years, we played in Texas, uh, Kentucky, Louisiana, places like that. Um, and this was all done yourself. You reached yeah. out. You didn't have an agent. You mm-hmm. did it all yourself. Um, what is that? What does that process look like? What is it? What is it like to book yourself a show? Do oh, you just man. call a venue, or is there like a yeah. is there a search engine of like <laughs> we're looking for artists to you fill know, spots? Or it's funny because I'm a talent buyer now, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, and it's a different world. Metal, the metal industry, or pop punk industry, all the under underground DIY shit. It's different, and I would always. I don't know. I I I was a go. I was. I'm really uh, envious of the person I was in my childhood of being a go getter. Like I, when I wanted to be in the metal band, I didn't know how to scream. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to write lyrics. I didn't know how to do. I didn't understand music at all. And I said I could probably do that. And then I did it. Um, I just, I just, I just, <laughs> just I, did it right. I, that, that almost that, that that superhuman younger self. That's like I'm. In, I can do it. I can just do it. I can just I, do it. It makes me so jealous of all of these TikTok kids and all that. They're, I just I I know why they're good at it, and it's because it's this mental mindset of how hard could it be? And you're like you're young and you got time and you you don't have to worry too much. Most uh, if you're lucky, you don't have to worry about a job when you're in your earlier years. Um, ignorant optimism if you will yeah and it fucking it's beautiful um (laughs) so yeah um started a band by saying i could probably do it started booking shows by talking to promoters and then being like i need you to at least bring in 30 people Mm -hmm. and now i'm understanding that's probably production costs and shit like that like you know hiring a sound engineer and to at least make it profitable for the venue yeah yeah and they're like, can you at least bring in 30 people? And then they'd have, like, five other bands on the bill. And if everybody brings in, like, ten people, it's probably what they're actually expecting. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was like, yeah, I could probably do that. And the f- I remember one of the first shows I, I don't want to say booked, but, like, booked for the band. I think you brought in, like, 100-plus people. No, that's, that's uh, like, 75 people. And we were 16. <laughs> and, and that was just word of mouth. Uh-huh. That's why, like, booking now, I'm just like it can be so frustrating because like no one everybody's so hooked on social media they're like dude you got five people in your fucking band (laughs) you should all verbally tell 10 people to come to your show and they should do it because they're your friends um or family and yeah i mean that's i i've I've been making this joke the whole time that i'm probably gonna have like seven listeners um five of which are well four of which is my sister my brother-in-law, my mom, my dad. Yeah. So at least I've got four people that'll that'll kind of listen. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's that. It's a start. It's a start, <laughs> man. I think when like when we started, we were uh, when I started doing shit. It was like it was in the era of literally giving people CDs. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I remember we were like we were making CDs and we were designing. We couldn't afford. Obviously, we were a DIY band. We couldn't afford like like the the jewel cases and all that shit so we would like we would buy we would buy the jewel cases we would um we would screen print stickers like like uh like matte stickers to put on the cds to give it some sort of like image some art right some sort of 
eye-catching moment. It was all so shitty. (laughs) But we did it because we wanted it to be more than just making music. We wanted it to be packaged and pretty. Um, And the branding, right? Like, you have to brand it because... I mean, it's, 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 you have to be memorable. It's not just the music. How many times have I been like, oh man, there's that song that I like. I can't remember what it is, but you can find it by like remembering the imagery or remembering Mm -hmm. like the amount of times when I was younger and music videos were still a thing, right? Mm -hmm. I would be able to find a song because of the video, right? And like, because there's something memorable about their branding, their look, their style, or even the sound, like the sound of their music that you're able to like locate again. So I, yeah, I mean, you you put in the right effort in the right places kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was those little touches and caring more about the lyrics and caring more about the fan base and personalizing messages. And like, I think there's with newer projects and seeing them as failures. Um, that's a thing I've noticed is like, well, obviously now I don't entirely have, um, the time and effort to, message every single person in the whole wide world that i know um but i like paid advertisements and that bullshit doesn't work unless you're on a record label or somebody else is paying for it Mm -hmm. i like for some of the projects i've done in the past couple years i'll do i'll i'll put in 20 bucks a day and it doesn't do shit and it reaches seven thousand people well that's that's the i've always wondered about those analytics like what define reaches right it means it was on their screen for a certain amount of time like there's like an algorithm right that it that that defines all of these you can nitpick it interactions with 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 potential clients and or like whoever's but like they love to show off these massive numbers of people like even just on the facebook marketplace right you'll post something it says reach three thousand accounts and then has guests like interaction user interaction zero so it's like so really, I reached zero. Like, don't, <laughs> I didn't reach anybody. No. It, it's it's bullshit. Unless unless you're really looking at it every day, looking at the analytics, mm-hmm. like focusing in on one place, like Chicago. Within you can, I think for some of them, you can literally focus in a radius, um, and it's super interesting. That's fascinating. But also, still, I think it's bullshit. I I do because I'm at this place where, um, thankfully. I, I, I was in a moderately successful band, um, for, to a point where if I made, it didn't work with other genres of music I tried to do, but if trying to do it with metal, if I reached out to certain people that I used to talk to consistently, I would have a, 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 potentially like 70 percent success rate because it might spider up i could talk to one person and they'll tell a bunch of people um if you were to start like another metal project yeah, which i am mm-hmm. but that is many many moons down the road we are... well how about then how about take us to take us through okay so you had this moderately successful band yeah that came to an end yeah um and that was probably that was such a, a complicated experience because um, it probably could have been something even bigger, but uh, I fucked up some parts of my life. But also, I could see the the band already separating as is. Mm-hmm. So it was like I have I have regret in trusting certain people. I had a, a ba- I was in a bad relationship at the time um, that I put too much effort into. 
Um, Love will do that. But at the same time, the band wasn't um, successful internally. It was... Uh, there were, there was a lot of butting heads. And although we were doing well and the music was good and I was writing good lyrics, uh, Sam, who was the guitarist, was writing good instrumentals, um, there was a... You could see that eventually it was going to come to an end. Um, mm-hmm. They they were on like this uh, spiritual path, which I have no qualms with whatsoever. But um, the band was built off of this angst, and um, I don't know if anybody's. Whenever when people are listening to this, we had this energy and this angst, like Slipknot, and being like fuck you, you, you don't tell me what to do, this is how I live. Mm-hmm. And it was it was raw emotion. It was it was ex- uh, talking of experience. And that is what got the band... The music was sick, don't get me wrong. But that is what got people interested, is the, the, the dialogue. And how the dialogue and music uh, came together and... I don't know. It just made sense together the way mm-hmm. the way it all built, and people liked that. People resonated with them, and now, after this kind of like awakening uh, that uh, Sam had, they were kind of like, I don't want to. I don't want to write music like that anymore, which is completely fine and understandable. Right, um, people go on journeys, but the the the, the message the, you can't just change. You, you almost like you, you're going to lose all of your current fans because they're following you for a specific reason, yeah. right? Like I remember a specific moment where I wrote this awesome song <laughs> that is gone forever. I wish I still had it. Um, and I wrote these the lyrics. I I ended up kind of like reasoning with him and being like, we have to make this song somewhat to the fan base we have right like they're listening for it's not that i don't know something about angsty music it's not about being angry because then you you start to fall into that realm of like our parents being like uh don't or like comic books create violence or angry music creates angry people right no i i think i don't know i the it was to me even being on stage and verbally just screaming was a a, 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 like a a release, a cathartic release, and I think when people listened to it and were I don't know at the show yelling lyrics back in my face or moshing or what have you, that is their that is their equivalent. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've been in I've been in mosh pits myself, and I have never been in a kinder and gentler angry moment. Right, mm-hmm. like. They, I've, I've seen I've, the amount of times I've seen people enter them that are like maliciously violent, and the whole group just like shuts that person down. Yeah. Like someone starts acting like in a way that is like malicious, and like the group goes, "Okay, you need to stop." If somebody falls, everybody stops and picks them back up, and then shoves them back into them. You know what I mean? There is there's a there's an awareness and a care and almost a kindness in this like release of like this primal rage. Without it, it's it's not it's not engendering like. Or, or, or creating, I'm sorry, like creating like negative energy. It's it's a release of things you have inside of you in a, and frankly, in my opinion, like a positive way because you're with a group of like-minded individuals. Like I don't, I, I've heard that before, right? That yeah. angry music breeds negativity, but 
I, I, I would hazard the exact opposite. I, I mean... I would say yes and no. Okay. I think... I think... I think a lot of people in our generation are destined destined to suffer from depression. Um, but that's not to say that this... I don't, I don't want to say that uh, violent music uh, pushes pushes that along or doesn't. Um, I think it's a coping mechanism, but it's mm-hmm. def- it's definitely not completely. If it's if it's all you eat, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, you are yeah, what yeah, you yeah. eat, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly. it's like it's your diet, like it's a healthy diet, right? If all you consume is negativity, then yes, mm-hmm. in in turn, you'll you'll definitely breed it. Um, and into that respect, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, yes, it's if if it's all that you're consuming, then by all means, then it eventually will lead you probably down a darker path for yeah. sure. But exactly, um, but getting back to that point of that moment we had where he was trying to like, well, mm-hmm. let's sit down, look at your lyrics and try to make them a little more positive. And I've never looked at my lyrics as ang. I mean, obviously they are angry and, and I tell people to fuck off a lot, but it is, it is a story. It is a moment that I experienced or. So it's a little bit of a narrative. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even a moment I experience. Sometimes I'm writing a story that has, um, I was thinking about this the other day because I've been like, man, I've been writing a lot of shit. But I feel like, uh, I don't, I don't want somebody, to, somebody to come to me and ask me questions about like this, and I don't have an answer for them. But it's like if I'm writing it, there's got to be some existence of me in it. There's got to be some uh, some truth to it. Well, some of my favorite books are fantasy. Exactly. It's not like the author wrote a dragon. I don't. I don't. You I, know. But the, 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 the narrative in it, right, the coming-of-age story, the, the characters and their backstories and how they interact with one another, there's characters that he's based on real people and how they behave. So it's like, there's truth to it, but it's obviously fantasy. Yeah. Or it's like, like if I gave, if I wrote something that, like, is a storyline or, like, a book, like, and I gave it to a therapist, they would, would they, would they not? Would, would they be able to pull apart the, the but, truth yeah, from... Or... The artist, essentially, something like that is that's yeah. You're you're getting you're getting at what I'm trying to say. Would they not be able to see a part of me in that, or or question whether I was feeling a certain way? Yes. Um, so I think when that happened, when they tried to take away from from that, they 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 took uh, Sam kind of took away what I could offer the band. Um, right. So. Um, I, obviously I kept writing the way I wanted to write. Um, but we never, we never got to the point of me writing the album that we were working on towards, uh, the end of my time with the band. Um, and after you left, what was, what was, what was, what, how did that affect you? Because this is oh, something man. you poured a lot of passion into a lot of time. And I was a waste of space. <laughs> I was a fucking waste of space. And I was, uh, um, living with said a bad relationship mm-hmm. um and they were very abusive um verbally mentally um and i don't know i've i went to school for some shit i didn't care about um i aside from that i just lived it i sat in my house all day um i just existed and um probably started drinking way too much um and got gaslit all the time and that was my daily experience um for and we met at a restaurant um yeah working together Mm -hmm. um where 
just I mean, so I, I can get a snapshot of it. Is that after or during this phase? It seemed far removed. I was. See, I mean, you at least you at least played really put together. Yeah, no, I at that point in time I was working in retail. Um, I was going to Columbia uh, downtown, not the good one, the bad one. Um, I was, yeah, I was, uh, going to school for apparel marketing, which, why? Um, (laughs) and, uh, what else? Yeah, I, I didn't have any friends. I was secluded to Edgewater living, uh, with that girl. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I didn't have a life. I worked in retail and I think we lived together for like a year and mm-hmm. then my grandma died and me and my grandma were somewhat close, but I, I don't know. I, I don't have a great f- family dynamic. Mm-hmm. So like uh death has always been a kind of an estranged feeling, but I think something about it gave me a, like a cathartic push like a, like a kick in a direction that gave you like to you too one day will die kind of thing like uh, yeah probably something like that i was like uh, i i don't know i just it got to a point where like our our it was a um very the, the relationship got insidious and i just when that happened i was like i'm going to gra- my grandma's funeral and we are not dating anymore and then <laughs> i i left i got in a car and she packed her shit um, and that was that. And then I started having friends again and, but I had to, I forgot who I was. Mm-hmm. This is where that first major failure really comes into play. I forgot who I was. So I didn't have a person. Um, I didn't, I didn't know how to claim my life as my own. Um, a lot of, I was, I'm grateful. A lot of the people I knew, um, accepted me back into their lives. Uh, uh-huh. but it still wasn't the same because I didn't know how to, I, I, when I tell you I've never experienced a disassociation like this, Mm -hmm. I, 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 I hope I never go back to a place like that. I, oh man, I, I could not, I didn't have a spine. Um, it was terrifying. Um, and growing, growing from that, I had, I, I had to get new friends. So I got, I got some new friends and, uh, they weren't the best friends either. Um, they were very, toxically masculine but i still love them to this day um Uh because just as 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 much machismo as they had they they had a lot of i think i needed a little bit of that at the time i needed some some it might have been fronting but what is the you know be the change you want to see or whatever it is like yeah what we were talking about earlier right like i mean there's no such thing as a bad i i firmly believe bad and good are contrivances that we make up to justify our behaviors but like you know being around that gives you some of it i mean yes if it's all you consume then yes toxic masculinity will destroy any man yeah and it wasn't they were they were good people Mm -hmm. i don't i don't mean to talk poorly on them because they were some of the best friends i had for a very long time Mm -hmm. and they they taught me how to think for myself again and have us fine as i said before um yeah and that's and, special so yeah and they they taught me the value in not throwing any things away so easily and I, and I think i i think i think i that the relationship the girlfriend i had really that really destroyed me because i i threw away 
something I worked really hard on, even if, like I said, it was going south anyways, but like, I didn't, I didn't, that's something I feel like I should have burned into the ground a little bit, probably seen it through. I started it and I should have finished it. Um, I think I beat myself up for that for a long time. I beat myself up for, um, allowing somebody to tell me, tell me that I can't Mm -hmm. be myself Mm -hmm. and to tell me that the person I was, wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. And then I started drinking even more and, (laughs) (laughs) but also that was the thing you, I, I had just like, I remember on my 21st birthday, I didn't really go out. I didn't celebrate it. I think because that girl didn't want to. Um, and so I, I like that 21st year I really made up for not appreciating that, that new freedom I had. Um, right. And it was, I mean, when you're in your early twenties, that's what you do. You go to house parties. You Oh yeah. You rage. rage. You rage. You're, you're, you're still invincible, right? You yeah. can, you can get wasted and somehow not have a hangover. And now I look at a gin and tonic and I'm already sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, Oh, that's too much sugar. <laughs> nope. Exactly. Like 50% of the time it was healthy good good it was camaradic and it was you know blowing off steam and then the other half was probably hard to watch i imagine right i can yeah um yeah um that was my first huge failure and the recovery was way too long Mm -hmm. um i'm probably even holding back a lot on that one um to be honest because it's a lot it's a lot to unpack but um yeah, no, I, it took me a long time to figure out who I was again. Yeah. And, and while you, when you're in the middle of it too, like you're time kind of loses it's itself when you're feeling that way, like time, large amounts of time can pass. You don't even realize it. Yeah. And cause... then when you look back on it in hindsight, you're like, man, I was that way for a long time. But while you're in it, it wasn't really that long to you because you were just zombieing through day to day and yeah. like time just kind of loses itself. I think that's when I started becoming bitter too, because mm-hmm. um, going back to that being that wide-eyed kid who said, "I can probably do this. I can probably do that," with no back, back, no knowledge whatsoever. Um, I was not that person anymore, and uh-huh. I was very aware of it. Yeah, and I was pissed off about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was mad, almost mad at that person for giving it. I was. That was the weird part. I was mad at that person, mad at that you, at that my, at you, mad at that you, at that you, at that me, <laughs> um, for, for just thinking they had time to fuck around like that and just like wasted opportunity, you mean, or wasted opportunity and give so much of themselves to the wrong people mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. what could go wrong, not thinking what could go wrong. Right. Exactly. I, I had, I had I had so much self-preservation for the not dis- distributed in the right places. Uh-huh. Um Oh man, even thinking about it now it's so frustrating. Um Uh-huh. And then so that happened, right? And then yeah. you you dealt with the 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 feeling of of almost like that that self-loathing that you went through with it. Sure. And then what is it that got you? So you fr- okay? Well, let's say so. Your friends, right? You met the right people. You met the right friends. They pushed you forward a little bit. Sure, yeah. But it seems to me there's a disconnect between the you that you are describing and the one that I met, mm-hmm. because the the you that I was first 
initiated to was bright, um, smart, back in school. Yeah. A bunch. So, so something like obviously time has passed between then and, and, and now and something happened there, but like, was it just time? Was it like time heals all wounds, they say, right? Was it just like a time thing and you just got back on your feet? I mean, I definitely can put up a pretty good front. Um, I'm not the happiest person in the whole world. Mm. But, um, that's a good question. I don't know. I, because <laughs> I've always noticed it. Like, I do not like the service industry. Oh, it sucks. But I'd always be in a good room. I'd, everybody's always commiserating mm-hmm. together. Well, in, in misery. You're, you're commiserating in misery. Yeah. yeah. Like, and everybody hates it. But because you all hate it together, it might even there's it, camaraderie. Yeah. It might even, honestly, and unfortunately, it might still be a bad thing. Um, it might still be me um, wasting time. You know? It... Because uh, I was like, why do, Why does going to work, even though I hate it, 90, like 50% of the time, still feel kind of like an escape? And it's because I'm not, uh, I think it's because I'm still not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, or was. Um, it's because I was, I, it wasn't hard, it wasn't a challenge. If anything, it was kind of fun at times, because, well, again, people being negative and but funny um oh yeah no there's there's no funnier people than depressed people yeah like they are the funniest we're people so funny um without a doubt they are able to uh, make fun in ways that nobody else can i mean that's what they say about comedians the saddest people are the funniest it's true so um no i i think i don't know it's it's hard to completely say like that it was a waste of that i'm 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 biding my time and flying under the radar um i am but i'm still there's still something there like you said like there's still some sort of ambition some sort of pluckiness and excitement and Mm -hmm. if there's still specks of joy in that there's got to be something that i'm doing right Um, i mean i would I, i would personally i think I would agree. You're you're back in the music and at least at least the performing industry. Yeah, you know, um, you had been recently working on another band project that you've confided in me is kind of taking a little bit of a pause right now. Which things happen like that, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Like it feels like you know you're you are you you are kind of you're branching back out again. You're getting back in to the industry that you love as opposed to you know coming in to run food yeah. and watching a bunch of schlub schlubs like schlub schlub <laughs> yeah no um i think i definitely have undiagnosed depression and it took me way too long to acknowledge that wallowing sucks and to stop doing it so even though i'm i have to set aside that younger self and just um keep going and try and i think even though the 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 band I was working on uh, last year was a failure. It was still a huge creative project that I put a lot of time into, and it felt good to put time into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what I needed to start working on the projects I'm working on now. 
Um, and I, I don't know, in that time I learned how to, uh, put together the pieces again and be creative in the ways that I can in the ways and find out the ways that I can't and get other people to work with me and create, uh, solutions and, um, group projects and start, I started writing lyrics every single day. I write lyrics every week now. Um, I, I, I do a bunch of shit on Pinterest and work with, uh, these three dudes. We're making a band together, but we're going to like really take our time with it. Cause again, that last band I think was partially a failure because I was so eager to be in something that was full fledged again. Like it had music, it had art, it had, it had Spotify, it had, it was, it, it had, was a band. It was a band. It had the makings of a band. It just didn't have <laughs> the, the viewership. Um, so now I'm learning patience is a f- fucking virtue and I'm taking my time with it and mm-hmm. just appreciating. I'm, that was the big part about the first band I was in, uh, Barrier, was we just did it. We never cared about being right. being a prominent piece in in the music industry. We just we put our music out for free for Christ's sake, like, mm-hmm. um, which obviously everybody's doing now. But back then it was a huge deal um, to just like we put it on like a, a not Bandcamp. I forget what it was called. We just put we put every every bit of music I put into that band, which was like three singles and two EPs. So like easily like 15 songs and we just, we put it out there for free. We played shows, we told promoters that we could probably draw. And then we just hauled ass and told people to come to our shows and thankfully they did it. And I think I'm getting a glimpse back into that now as a promote. Well, okay. So now you are on the other side of it. Yeah. So now you're on the looking at these, well, I guess so, do you, do you search for talent, or does talent come to you? What bit is of, what is a talent buyer? Bit of both. A bit of both. Bit of both. Um, a lot of it comes. Yeah, a lot of it. We, we have like a an info an info email on our our website. Um, it's in the West Loop. It is a jazz and blues, mostly jazz and blues based venue. But we 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 do a lot of culturally diverse. We have eight different uh, curated art spaces. Um, you were asking me about the booking process and a lot of that comes to me through email a lot of that comes to me through uh we've we've made connections with other with the artists we've already booked as well as uh other other talent buyers actually and mm. from other venues like the hideout um and uh reggie's and, and as in like they're booked out and they send people over your way or they say yeah. like yo this is a great show you should get them in your your venue yeah yeah, yeah exactly um, I, I was surprised by that. It's it's not so doggy dog. Um, That's kind of beautiful. It is because I don't know nearly enough about jazz and blues, given the past however many minutes we've spoken about metal. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you know, I will say that that's uh, that, that's similar in my experience in like in, in fine dining, right? It's you start to realize a little bit that it's not so much of a competition because each venue is selling. A specifically unique product that while yes it's a venue that plays that music it's you're not competing with other venues because you're a different product and like in fine dining right you can look at it and you can say well this is a fancy meal 
And if that's your criteria of fine dining, then yes, we're all the same. But if you sit down and even look at it for half a second, you will realize immediately that each one of these restaurants is selling a drastically different product in every form and function, from the decor to the ambiance to the experience to the food on the plate to the genre of it, like everything. But it's still, it is, yeah, it's another fine dining restaurant at all. It's all expensive. Yeah. But if we're, if we're fully booked, we'll send them to another restaurant and be like, well, you know, if this is what you're, if you're looking for this kind of experience, then why don't you go check out this place? Or why don't you check out that place? Or, or go there instead because we unfortunately can't accommodate you, but we can happily recommend a place that will and will also deliver a, a different but equitably same product, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's totally true. I forgot about that. It is a little bit dark. You got to look out for your own. You know, look out for numero uno. Totally. But I think there's something to be said about the community inside of an industry. You know, like... Yeah. <clears throat> and, the like, there's there are some parallels to the service industry and uh the the like live venue live venues and i guess technically it's still kind of a service industry from the front end i don't know if it's um, kind of, does it fall under the hospitality industry mm, i or think it, it i form i, I couldn't tell I think you what could what usa labor sector it falls under yeah i don't know i personally think it could um a lot of it is being very hospitable mm-hmm. um but has it has it so i guess we can anecdote away but like yeah, yeah, yeah. Does this feel now on the other side of it? Are you feeling you're gaining almost invaluable insight? Right, you, you've talked about biding your time, like waiting until the moment is right to strike the iron and yeah. patience. Do you feel like being on the other side of it, you're learning all of these skills and, and almost like bargaining tools so that later on you're not the one getting shafted because you already know how this stuff works kind of a thing? Yeah, I think... Um... It's 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 tough to say without being too personal about the the, the venue itself and the mm-hmm. business, um, but I, you know, everything every every time I think I I I've learned what I can at this specific location, I I I, I realize in certain conversations that I have and like bargaining, like you're saying, and striking deals, I realize wow, I was a little more confident in what I just did. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little less worried about, you know, like striking a deal that maybe like my higher ups won't like, and will be like, Oh, why'd you do that? That's not, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting, I'm, I have more of an intuition for what is a good choice is a good choice. Yes. Um, yeah. What's the word? I mean, like, it would almost say like stewardship, right? You weren't like ownership of that. Like if they're going to be met, well, I took this deal. I got, I booked the, I booked, you're booked. What do you want from me? Like, I'm doing my job to the best of what I can. I'm like having that pride in what you're doing. Yeah. I think that's something special. That's cool. So you're there now, but like you've got this project that you're working on long term. But Mm -hmm. let's talk like where do you see yourself? Like what is, what is, what's the goal here? Like what would you define as if you were going to say eventually when you are a successful quote unquote and you would no longer be welcome to sit on my couch and talk on my podcast because you've made it. Um, what is making it for you? I think I really respect now with the, in regards to like the, the metal, uh, music industry. Um, there's kind of an, I don't want to say entrepreneurial, um, ambition to a lot of these, uh, artists that are in these bands. 
some of them are very entrepreneurial. Some of them realize, or I guess the industry as a whole has a little more respect for their musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, f- I personally feel like back when I was touring and starting to get a feel for everything and getting an, an inside look, not too many people were doing anything besides playing in their band. Now you've got people who are, um, you know, they're they're managing bands as well as being in one, right? Or they're they're running their own merchandise companies, or you know, Remote Works probably done a a, a, a huge amount of help for There's some more artists. more parallels to the um, restaurant industry are drawn again and again, right? Yeah. The chef becomes the restaurant owner. You, yeah, know, yeah. you don't you don't play music, you don't cook your whole life. You take that step back and you begin to own the business that lets people cook mm-hmm. instead of doing it yourself kind of a thing. Yeah. So, wow. it's it, it, They are oddly – I can relate to it at least. Like I understand yeah. what you're saying because like, yeah, that makes sense. That would be the path. Like for me, I think like do I want to be a chef? No. No, I don't. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, frankly, not at all. Sounds but a lot of stress. Um, I would love to own businesses. I would love to enable other chefs to grow i'd love to give people platforms and take a cut <laughs> you know but yeah i i get what you're saying there that being the goal yeah. is to be removed from the immediate situation yeah. in a way and or like some people give it back too like there's one guy i really respect right now he's in this band they're called knock loose um they're kind of the big band right now mm-hmm. in the metal industry and their drummer uh, his name's uh, Kevin, or some people call him Pac. Um, he opened up a local venue with a buddy in his local hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're from, uh, I believe, Louisville. And it's kind of a hub. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's a hub in the Midwest in general. And then you got all these metal bands that kind of like come in and out like if you're if you're fine if you're finally starting to tour if you're it's, if, it's a, if you're on the road it becomes a spe- you're you're gonna hit it there's a good chance yeah so they're they're he's i don't know um he's he's made it he's he's done a lot of cool shit um pro- probably struggled a ton and instead of like doing i don't know um doing the safe bet which a lot of artists do, I'm sure, now that you have the opportunity to not just be in a band. Right. Um, he decided to open a venue with a friend and give back to the community. Yes, that's awesome. And um, I don't know. I, I see a lot. I, I used to be like, I don't know, the past couple of years I've been like, I don't know if like maybe my time's passed. And seeing shit like that, seeing bands like almost hit mainstream mm-hmm. uh, makes me think well maybe i maybe time has not run out like we just had uh, lorna shore is a the most deathcore band of deathcore bands right now um they just played Lollapalooza for hundreds of thousands of people right um turnstile biggest hardcore band in the scene right now they're they're getting pretty mainstream i'll give them that but they're i'm i'm seeing them in a couple of months at the aragon ballroom for christ's sake like right they're a band that i five years ago was probably playing bottom lounge like mm-hmm. which is for anyone listening is like 800 capacity which is 
typically. I mean, that's really still, that's arguably good. successful, right? Arguably, yeah. that is successful. That is successful. I, I I have a bunch of buddies who I used to tour with who are finally playing Bottom Lounge, and I asked them, they're like, so like, is this finally financially stable for you? And they're like, yeah. There there is definitely a point, a a break even point where you can quit your you know when you go home and you work as whatever you're doing whether you're working in the maybe you're working in the service industry mm-hmm. i know a lot of people who were in bands and then they go home and they're a bartender um uh, it's cool it's it happens more every day that finally these these kids um get to just play music um right exactly you just have to the thing has always been though some some bands get more popular quicker than others mm-hmm. and that was that was another thing about when i was originally in a band was is the is the cutoff time worth it? Like, or the, you gotta back when I well, I feel like back when I was playing, like you had to put out two albums before you could be financially stable. That's three or four years. Um, and if you had parents like mine, that shit wouldn't fly. Mm-hmm. That I forgot. That was another big thing with uh, why I had to leave my band. My parents were like, "You have to start paying rent," and. I couldn't even afford to give them $200 when I was away on tour for a month. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what do you do with that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it is what it is, man. Um, it's been a journey, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the job I have now is cool. I'm learning a lot. It's definitely not my end all be all. It's definitely a stepping stone for sure. But, um, I'm looking at it as a success. Um, we're we're on the up, we're on, on the, the up and up and up. Yeah. So, what uh, what 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 material do you like to consume? Like, what is your inspiration? Because I I can't imagine that. That's a great question. It draws purely from experience, right? You, you, you when you used to write, I don't, uh, what you're writing today might be different from what you used to write, but like, you know, there's only so much anger to draw from if you will totally and not, i'm sure not all of it stems from anger right but like what other mediums do you consume like what is it that inspires you like uh some people watch a movie and they're like compelled or some people read a book and they're like man this book has inspired me to do this thing like what is it for you what's your normal like inspiration like where do you draw it from the most so if it's not music it is anything that can be uh described in words i guess i definitely i watch i watch a lot of movies um, and I think anything that resonates, mm-hmm. because if you, the lyrics I'm writing now, I don't know if I can completely speak for my old lyrics. They were pretty straightforward and in your face, but, um, these lyrics are not only the lyrics I write now are not only in your face, but they hit on a deeper level. They resonate They're and, a little more nuanced. There's mm-hmm. deeper meaning behind what you're saying than just what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I consume a lot of crappy media, but I think people always ask you what your favorite movie is, what your favorite Uh um, band is, and my answers have always surprised me because I don't look... When I'm writing lyrics, I look to those things that have withstood time. So to me, my favorite movie or band is something I've been probably watching since I was 16. That's fair. Um, 
so big one for big big things for me are like iron and wine. Mm-hmm. A lot of good, very depressing shit in that lyric, in those lyrics. Very sad, but um, but they speak volumes, and mm-hmm. it, it gets a point across. Um, um, what else? Probably like, yeah, mo- a lot of movies, a lot of really, uh, almost famous is a huge one. Um, because I think it it reminds me. I'm. I feel like I'm always writing about the things I've been talking about for the past thirty plus minutes. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> my my past failures, right? And things like Almost Famous. Like I don't know if you've seen that movie. I, oh God, I'm the worst at movies. I've, no. Oh yeah, I remember you always. You were always telling me you're like I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like, tell, tell, please tell me about it because that's the only way I'll ever. It's I'll a, ever know. <laughs> it's a, it, it reminds me of myself a little bit. It, it's about this kid who um he's he grows up in the seventies and he. Uh, he finds the writer of Cream. It's a magazine. It's like a, a rock magazine. Um, and he asks him how he can become a journalist. Mm-hmm. And the kid just wings it and schemes his way into becoming a... He's like literally 16 years old and he schemes his way into becoming a writer for Rolling Stone. But then he goes on tour with this band Stillwater and he gets fully taken advantage of by all... The, whether it's the band members or this girl that he falls in love with, but she's uh, clearly uh, using him, using him, also unaware that she's using him, in love with one of the band members, and also wickedly depressed. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know. It I I I pull a lot of uh, my experiences from stories like that. Um, Maybe those are the things that definitely resonate with me. People, you could call it a coming of age, I guess, mm-hmm. in a, in a sense, because um, I think we're all always if you're if you're learning constantly, you are always coming of age in that sense. That's very so. true. Like, yeah, to be almost an eternal student, you're mm-hmm. never a graduate. You know, you always learn. I mean, I think that you get more proficient with things in time, but I don't know. The term the ma- mastery to me is such a strange. Concept. It's not something that you decide for yourself. Like, yeah. Nobody wakes up and goes, ah, yes, I am a master of this thing. The world looks at you and goes, well, they're one of the best at it, so they've mastered it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like almost the true master knows that they know not enough of of that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that hunger to always understand it, be more intimate with it, be a little bit closer to the core of what that concept is, knowing they don't know enough is the true master. It's important. Mm-hmm. So, who doesn't want to learn more? idiots <laughs> like yeah. probably the worst kind of people and the, and, and the ones that you hate <laughs> I, don't, I, I would get into that but it might cut down on your viewership oh exactly <laughs> i keep my mouth shut yeah. uh, heaven forbid we offend the neanderthals no 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 um <laughs> no yeah and any i i anything that's strong moral of the story type stories mm-hmm um really resonate with me i i they speak volumes because if if you don't notice that as an important creation of literature or cinematography or song um i don't know i I think those to appreciate the arts yeah 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 Yeah. i think that is a some of the seemingly worst movies are probably better than you think if you look at like the the blueprint of it 
Yeah. I, I would be, I, I would, I would, I would agree. It's almost like when a movie tries too hard to be something, it loses, I don't know, I, I don't know. I'm the worst to talk about movies. I have no perfect. Like I have. I have no opinion on them. Shrek, for instance. Shrek. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite resonates be on a different level. Fucking self. Yeah. And it'd be weird. They will. No, they'll come. Build it. They will come. Yes. So I got. I've kind of got one final question for you. This one I think is a. I think this one might be fun for you, but if you had to pick between. Like, writing a letter to your younger self, or getting a letter in a time capsule from your younger self. What? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's kind of a tough one, right? Would you rather provide, you know, advice to the younger you to navigate, or a pep talk of the younger you for today? I think I would rather tell my younger self to navigate. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear... You can't let down what's already dead, but <laughs> I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to read the thoughts of my past self. I think I've already rehashed too much of that as is. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a long time to accept that there is nothing I can do mm-hmm. about the choices I have already made. Yeah. Um, it took me a very long time to not resent myself for being an idiot. Um, so, yeah, no, I would tell that man to steer clear of... I would write names, phone numbers... Times and places. <laughs> Instagram ads, everything. <laughs> I would back to the future, that bitch. I would... Yeah, no. Um, I would definitely tell him... Fuck the butterfly effect. Like, no, no. Absolutely, screw it. Take those chances. I'm taking that chance. <laughs> um, I that kid was going somewhere um but so am i just not as quickly um and that's fine yeah so uh so colin on our way out of here do you think you could you could take us out i yeah i don't think they're gonna like it but i'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) all right well then uh all ears on you ladies and gentlemen colin sharkey on the mic it's been a pleasure (laughs) you can find us on instagram at waypoints podcast it's one word or you can, if you have any feedback, questions, recommendations, or you think you know someone who should be interviewed, you can drop us an email at waypointspodcast.com or waypointspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again, folks. Do you want to scream the outro for us? Do you have the outro? Fuck them. Okay, fuck them.